you are now about to experience the Revive Effect. My name is Matt Celestio, entrepreneur and holistic health specialist. And if you're ready to start your health journey but don't know where to begin, you are in the right place. At Revive, we create better ways of living for our generation by changing the conversation around health. And each episode shows you exactly how to build health into your life. You'll unlock tactics to improve your sleep, nutrition, anxiety, self-talk, and mind. Break free from quick fix culture because it's time you learn to love your body and start to feel like the real you again. Welcome to The Revive Effect. Folks, welcome back to the TRE Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Celestio. I'm so grateful you're always spending some time with us. We're coming in at you with episode number 46. And this topic today is all about becoming your own healer. Now, I'm going to hit you with a statistic that might shock you. Did you know 45% of Canadians, that's almost half of the Canadian population, has been reported to be living with at least one major chronic disease in 2021? At least one. So that might mean there's even more going on. Now, what defines a chronic illness? Now, that's a disease or condition that usually lasts for about three months or longer and may potentially get worse over time. Now, some things they might include heart disease, cancer, diabetes, stroke, arthritis, or anything around that sorts. Now, if you're saying to yourself, well, you know what? I'm scot-free. I'm not dealing with that right now. I'm golden. I'm good. Maybe this episode for you isn't about, in a sense, healing these chronic diseases, but now lies in the area of prevention. These are some of the leading causes of chronic disease in Canada and especially in America, and they usually happen over a lifetime, over years and years and years of compounding with stress, anxiety, as we're about to get into. So if you're not struggling with them right now, I still invite you to be open-minded and receptive to the information that we go over today in this podcast because it can maybe prevent you from actually experiencing these down the line. Now, our episode today, like I said, is always about becoming your own healer. And we have an exceptional, exceptional guest today, Faith Ashenden. She is the CEO and founder of That Healing Feeling. She is the host of That Healing Feeling podcast, and she specializes in this area of nervous system regulation and teaching people to heal from their chronic illnesses. Very power-packed insights that we go over today because Faith has been not only a wealth of information on this episode today, I've followed her for quite some time, and the information she brings forth on her social feeds, on her websites, it is truly empowering. And that's why it's not a shock to see that her community on Instagram has reached over 160,000 followers and on TikTok getting close to 500,000, half a million followers. She's also been seen on The Globe and Mail, SNN, Fox, and so many more news outlets further showing that she is a voice in this industry. She is here to stay and she is here to make a difference. And her mission is something that's also truly really inspiring to me after I read it and have our conversation as I'm recording this podcast uh, intro in post. She's helped over a thousand students overcome chronic illnesses and anxiety through nervous system regulation. She's dedicated her life to helping others break free from this cycle of chronic sensations and live the life they've always desired. She has a really incredible story around her struggles with this and we dive right into that at the beginning of the episode. So she truly does understand where you're coming from and she brings forth her personal stories, her raw stories, 
her personal tactics, and some of her best work that she does with her clients all today in today's episode. So what can you expect moving forward and what are you expecting for Faith and I to actually get down into the conversation with? We're first going to start out with what is nervous system regulation and how your ability to heal your body is already hardwired into your DNA and how you can tap into that. We also talk about how you can become addicted to the feelings of stress in our lives every single day and how that fest or how that stress will manifest in your physical body. What's really cool is we also talk about this topic of neuroplasticity. Now, this is how you're able to rewire your brain to actually create healthier belief systems and promote healing within your body. We cover all this and so much more. It's a really power-packed episode, so I want you to keep an open mind as you step in today to let yourself become your own healer. Very power-packed stuff. Now, right before we dive in, I want to give a special shout-out to all the creators at the Revive Academy We just launched this amazing lifestyle transformation platform four weeks ago. Four weeks ago, we've seen an incredible amount of signups. And what we've done is we've called all my best contacts in the health and well-being space from psychotherapists to gut specialists to mindset coaches. And we've curated step-by-step video programs for any wellness journey. Lifestyle, mental health, nutrition, sleep, fitness. We have something in the program for everyone. Imagine Netflix, but for health and wellness. That's essentially what we've done. And we're bringing in users into our platform. They're finding immense success. And we really guide you through the entire process of your wellness journey. If you don't know where to begin, no worries. We will take you step by step, every step of the way, as our programs are all laid out for you week by week. And the other cool thing, and this is where our uh, excitement is really coming in with the Revive Academy Our Revive Insider community is like social media, but for Revive inside the platform. This is so much more than a Facebook group, and this is the creme de la creme of the academy. You can get extra support, extra accountability. There's extra resources. You can even tune into what we are calling the Revive Vault, which is more exclusive lessons with all the other creators and specialists within the health and well-being space, giving you more guidance, more tools, more tactics, and how you can improve your wellness journey at any stage, whether you're a beginner, whether you're advanced, you're looking to improve even more, the Revive Academy has something for you. So I want to see you in that academy. I want you to start taking action and really getting along in your health and wellness journey and finding that success. So I invite you, click the link in the show notes below to come on in and join into the Revive Academy. Now, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I want to welcome Faith Ashenden to the Revive Effect podcast. Let's dive in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the TRE, the Revive Effect podcast. I'm your host, Matt Celestio here. And uh, yes, we got another special guest on the episode today. I want to welcome Faith Ashenden. Faith, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm living the dream as always. Thank you for being on the show today. I'm really pumped to get into it because you come from a different lens of health and well-being around this nervous system regulation. So it's a new topic we've never talked about today. So I want to ask, before we jump in, do you have any intention you want to bring forward to our listeners? Yeah, I think my intention always when I'm speaking about the work that I do is that people leave feeling a little bit more empowered to take their health and healing into their own hands. And and if I can plant that seed and anyone who hears me speak, I'm really, really happy. 
I resonate so deeply with that. Revive, my company, is all about empowerment, giving you back the power over your health. So I'm really glad we're aligned right from the get-go. Uh, I want to dive into your personal story from the jump, though. I understand after years of suffering with multiple chronic illnesses, you said you were even bedridden at one point and like desperate for answers. And it was at this point where you discovered the secret to reclaiming your health and living the life of your dreams. So can you just like quickly walk us through your personal story there? Yeah. So I was on and off sick for 10 years. And by on and off, I mean, there were times in my chronic illness journey where I would be on enough medications to kind of get out of bed and do more quote unquote normal things, but I was not well. Um, and I eventually got so sick, like you said, I was bedridden, so I had to leave my job. Um, and I, I sort of didn't have any answers. The practitioners were just saying, well, you know, take these pills every day and just kind of deal with it, like get used to living this way. And that's going to make your life better. And I was at that point, 25. So I was kind of like, I don't really want, I don't want to live this way. I don't want to live taking so many pharmaceuticals every single day and essentially feeling like crap all the time, feeling exhausted, feeling anxious on top of all of the other symptoms from what I was suffering from. So I thought I had hit nirvana because I, uh, I found the functional medicine world, which was still massively helpful for me. So I went really into this uh, like vortex of root cause medicine and I did the traditional detoxes, um, switched up my diet, healed my gut, and I bought all the things. I had the fancy infrared sauna in my house and I was just doing all of the things in the functional world. And I thought I finally figured it out. You know, this is the key to completely completely healing your body and reversing your chronic conditions. But at the same time, while I had made huge leaps and bounds, I still felt like I was kind of tiptoeing around my life. So for example, I was really fearful of a lot of different products and foods because I was told that they would potentially cause a flare, that they were the reason why I was sick. I had to take a handful of supplements every day just to feel a certain way. And then if I had like a really stressful situation or too much on for the day, like I had a lot of activities and obligations, I would be fearful of that and ultimately um, be really tired and like kind of have to recover. So, you know, it was a huge improvement, but it wasn't the nirvana I thought it was. And so I then started learning about neuroplasticity, which is the brain's ability to change. And there's a lot of new science coming out in that space. And just how the brain informs the nervous system and the impact that has on the body. Um, and because I wasn't working at the time, but I'm a very academic person and um, I like to research and learn and read, I was like, all right, I'm just going to learn about this and like see what this is about because I, I'm not really there where I want to be yet. And that's where I learned about the nervous system um, beyond like the traditional understanding and how if the nervous system is in stuck in this place of, as most people call it, fight or flight, then we actually physically can't heal. Our body is in survival. It thinks that we need to conserve our resources because we're going to be attacked. And so you're doing all the quote unquote right things. But if your body doesn't want to receive those because it thinks that it isn't in the position to be able to receive it, then you're not actually absorbing those nutrients properly. And you're still going to be hypersensitive to products and experiences because of the memories in the brain and the messages it's sending to the nervous system. So I started doing that work and that's where I fully healed and not just like 
walking on eggshells, but you know, real healing, real freedom, no fear. Um, and I consider myself to be fully healed. A lot of people, especially with autoimmune will say I'm in remission, but um, it wasn't until I was interviewing someone the other day on my podcast that I realized I don't even like, oh yeah, I've never even considered the word remission. Like I just say I'm healed. And when people say, aren't you worried? It might come back. I'm like, no, I'm not because I'm healed. Like I'm not even that person anymore. Like my body is completely different. My mind is completely different. It's changed. And that's when I started that healing feeling. I wanted people to know like, Hey, there's a lot out there that can help you and you can be free again. Um, and that's where everything was born. Wow. Thank you for sharing faith. That's uh, incredible. And to see your journey from start to finish, um, it's admirable. Uh, one thing that I do resonate with what you just said was around that like, kind of holistic space, the I'm working on my gut health and red sauna. I'm doing, you probably did some yoga, meditation and things like that as well. Like that whole holistic vibe that I feel a lot of people focus on, which is a really great start. But you said the real needle mover for you was when you understood how to how your mind affects your nervous system. And that was a real power pack change for you there. So for a lot of listeners right now, they may not even be aware of the power behind nervous system regulation or even what that is. So can you just like break that down for us so everybody's on the same page here? Yeah, so I like to say it like this to my students. The body really understands two, lang two languages or two um ways of communicating and it's survival and safety. So our body, our nervous system, or, or as some call it the unconscious mind, the nervous system is very primitive. We share that nervous system with the other animals um, who are just quickly and instinctually reacting to their environment. And it doesn't understand the complexities of our modern world and thoughts. It doesn't understand time. It just understands safety and survival. And so everything we're thinking and absorbing through our senses or living in, you know, in our heads, all of that's falling into two buckets, safety and survival, one or the other, right? And so because of this day and age, the modern world we live in and the complexity of our minds, we spend a lot of time living in that survival space. Things that live in that space are um, like stressors, like fear, anxiety, overstimulation, um, crime shows, um, really like intense, loud music, sympathetic overdrive, like a lot of um, this cardio all the time, go, go, go work ethic. All of these things are just this over amount of input in the survival state. When the nervous system is in that state, our body can't heal. It literally thinks that we have to be on edge because we might be attacked by a lion because it's primitive. It doesn't understand that there are no lions and we're just stressed about a meeting or we're just binge watching our favorite TV show, whatever. We're listening on the drama of something on a podcast. It doesn't understand that it's not real and it's not a lion. So it's going to shut down all non-essential functions and really ramp up things like adrenaline and cortisol so that we can be hyper aware on the problem in front of us and be prepared to fight the lion, right? And so things like reproduction, digestion, and especially healing, <laughs> those, those shut down. Those are essential functions. We don't need to absorb the nutrients from our amazing organic food if the lion is in front of us. We don't need to access the creativity centers of the brain um, when a lion is, is in front of us. We need to be able to fight the lion or run away from the lion. 
in. And so all of our resources are rushing to our extremities and our jaw. So if we want to bite, we want to run, we want to punch and the creativity shutting down, the reproduction shutting down, um, the digestion is shutting down and the healing is the first thing to shut down. Most people are living the majority of their life in this survival state. And so they're doing a lot of these amazing things, which I still do. You know, I take some supplements. I do, you know, certain things to detox. I like to optimize. I think it's fun. Everyone wants to feel good, but that only works for you if your nervous system is in the safety bucket, which is um, the rest and digest or parasympathetic. And in that place, essentially the message you've sent to the body is you're safe. So you don't actually need to worry about the lion. Um, we're all good. And all of a sudden, all of your resources are directed to what happens when you are safe. Um, and that's where you're really benefiting from the fruits of your labor. But also your body naturally starts to repair itself. It has the capacity to do that. It's always fighting to get into homeostasis, which is to get in balance. So if we can just get our nervous system there, we don't actually have to worry so much about all these other little granular things our body just does it because its natural instinct is to get back into balance when we get out of our own way. So it's a much easier way of approaching healing a chronic condition or healing anxiety because it takes a lot of the guesswork and the thinking out of it because your body already knows what to do. I like that you said that because it, it really relates to what sometimes I say to clients, especially when on the topic of fasting, because um, when you're always eating, the average person eats like 17 hours a day. It's something crazy like that. If you're always eating, your body can't handle that high blood sugar. It needs to digest the food. Like that takes precedence over every other function in the body, like you were saying. So when I say, like, if you just stop eating, let's say you skip a meal at dinner, just let your body take that break, take that breather. You said the body knows exactly what it needs to do. It's like, okay, we checked off that thing on the first to-do list, which was digest. Great. Now maybe let's some, reduce some inflammation. Let's see how we can heal the gut a little bit. Let's see how we can do all these other things that the body has just been waiting to get the chance to do so. And I think this is where you're getting into that topic of how our ability to heal is already wired in our DNA. I've heard you say that before. So how are we able to tap into that healing? Like, what do you mean by that? So our body's prime directive is to get into homeostasis. So homeostasis, like I said earlier, you know, it's getting into balance like where all the systems are functioning in the best way possible, like they should. And the only time that we're not in homeostasis is when there's some sort of insult, some sort of stressor to that homeostasis. And that can be physical, that can be, you know, mental, emotional, that can be in our environment, that can be in our mind, whatever it is, there's this cascade effect of symptoms, whether, like you said, inflammation, um, but, you know, I work with clients who have unexplained symptoms. I work with clients who have a specific diagnosis. It doesn't really matter to me. To me, it's all an insult to homeostasis, right? Whatever it is, if you're not feeling good, you're not in homeostasis, something has come and had that effect on the body. So people need to switch their mentality to my body is always fighting for homeostasis because in the world where like something is wrong with me, we can't heal. If we are not working um, amicably with our body and we don't understand that we're all on the same team, we're all working to get to this place of feeling good in the mind, body, and spirit, then we're working in opposition and relationships don't work that way. If you have ever had a relationship with someone and you're not on the same team and you're trying to solve something, it doesn't work. That's like basics, like teamwork 101, right? We've all had like a project at school or with um, your 
coworkers and you don't agree with someone and it's like, it's not fun. It doesn't work and you don't come to a resolution. So we have to be on the same team. And so this is why I always say that because I think that's what it does. It helps people understand that when we are on the same team and we understand that our body isn't broken, it's not fighting us. It's not like disobeying or whatever people are you know, out there saying it really is. It is fighting to get back to balance, but something's in the way. And our job is to really tune in and listen. Hey, what are you trying to say? Like our symptoms, they don't speak English. Like our body can't tell us in words. It's telling us in symptoms. I want to get back there. I want to feel good. Something is stopping me. And now we're on the same team. Now we're paying attention. Now we're holding space for that sensation instead of attaching a meaning of I am sick. And those are two very different things. And in that space where we're holding that space and we're not attaching meaning, we're staying in safety. So we're able to experience this sensation without running to survival. And now the creativity centers of the brain are on. We can retrieve information from our subconscious mind that's going to help us solve problems, think creatively, and we're starting to regulate the nervous system. So there are all these like prerequisites that I put out there in terms of like planting the seed in someone of, hey, like your body's on your team. Hey, like this only works if you're working together. Um, and I think those kind of like smaller statements are like the most important of all. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on the same team. I like that analogy. Um, I feel like a lot of the times people, like you said, they think their body's against them and they're always looking for something to kind of put that band-aid over a bullet hole, uh, for lack of a better term, right? They're not tuning in, they're not listening to me. Hey, maybe your back hurts because your body wants more movement. Or maybe you have headaches all the time because you're constantly on the screen, you're constantly stimulating your mind and it doesn't get a chance to actually just rest. Now, there's something really powerful in that statement because I think a lot of us in this Western culture, we're addicted to the feelings of stress. We're addicted to the feelings of stimulation. We're addicted to the feelings of go, go, go. We've lived in that state for so long that we almost just label it as normal, but we don't even know what the other side is. Uh, maybe more calm, more in control, more balanced. We've just been out of alignment for so long that that's what we live at. And that's what we assume is the regular norm. Now, you talked about this on one of your last podcasts. You said uh, we become addicted to our stress hormones. But why do we become addicted to a feeling that we're always trying to get rid of? To me, that doesn't make sense. But it seems like that's the way we always go about it. So what's your thoughts on that? I think there's two things I have to say to that. Um, the first is our nervous system will always choose a familiar familiar chaos or familiar pain over unfamiliar pleasure. So if it's a state, like you said, that we've been in for a long time, we're going to stay there unless we can realize that our more primitive mind and more primitive body is going to always rush to what we're used to. And that's why it is difficult for people to break that habit for one, because the subconscious is going to bring up thoughts like, oh, this isn't working. This is too hard. Or you're going to get the big dopamine spikes trying to kind of motivate you towards those bad habits. This is the body doing its best to help you stay with what's comfortable. And the body is always trying to help you. So those are those primitive efforts that I think really evolving the mind is being able to kind of recognize that and say, oh, okay, you know, thanks so much for like your efforts here, but you know, we're gonna, we're gonna do this instead. And I think the other part of it is understanding that when we are in this high stress situation, 
we're releasing neurotransmitters that give us energy. And we're like, you know, it's, it's a hit essentially. And people go and do drugs to get the same hit. Um, people chase that hit, that like energy, that crisp feeling, that sympathetic overdrive um, that you get when you're push, 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 push. And then you're having a coffee and you're like, let's get at it. Yada, yada. People love that. Right. And again, like we are chasing literally just a feeling. We like that feeling when we become addicted to it. Um, and again, you see that in certain drugs like cocaine, right? They're people are chasing that exact same feeling. It's just how we're wired as human beings. And so there's an element of just understanding like there's a lot of us that's still very primitive. And then there's the more evolved part that's having this conversation and questioning that behavior, which seems a bit silly. That's the neocortex. That's the part of the brain that's like, I'm evolved. I'm not primitive and I'm questioning something that doesn't make sense. And we have that capacity. And in doing so, having the answers, I think it's really important because then we can look at it and say, uh, okay, I see why I do this. Um, and it's not necessarily easy to break the cycle. There are things that can be done, but awareness, bringing it to light is the most important step because it, like you said, it's very real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the mind, the mind's a finicky thing. Uh, I can totally agree with you on that. Now, where I want to dive into next, actually, we're on this topic of the mind here is let's dive into trauma, like those big T's, those little T's, uh, whether it's rumination or somebody had a bad past experience that they just they're still holding on to. Now, what does trauma like? Where is the link between that and the physical symptoms on people's bodies, whether that's like IBS, chronic acne, et cetera? Like, how do those two actually link up together and manifest materially? This is a difficult question because like you said, big T, little T, like there are people, you know, um, lots of people who debate the definition of trauma um, and the impact that trauma has on the mind and the body. And if anyone knows me, they know that I take a sort of different approach to all of these concepts really, because I, I see trauma as information that's just stuck in the subconscious mind that needs to be processed. And when anything gets stuck anywhere, it causes a problem. It causes a glitch, right? And um, we all, I think, maybe universally can agree something about trauma is stuck, right? It's not processed. Um, and it's still coming up. It's a situation that's still coming up. But um, trauma, the way that I speak about trauma is um, just any event at any point in your past that was too big for you to process. And I, I like the analogy someone gave me, which was you can drown in a 15 foot pool and you can drown in a one foot pool. It doesn't matter how big or small it was. At the end of the day, if it was too big for you, it's trauma. And not one is more um, trauma, if you will, than the other, in my opinion, right? Because it's like, who cares about the meaning we gave the situation? If it's still manifesting in some way, it's T, it's trauma. Um, and it could be impacting you, relatively speaking, in the same way that I don't know how it's impacting someone. It's not me to say. So this is how I view it. Again, I know there are people who disagree with this, um, but it works for the way that I support my clients. And um, in terms of trauma itself, in my opinion, um, trauma creates belief systems in the subconscious mind because that's where our beliefs live. Um, and those beliefs are dictating our physical experience. And so when I'm working with clients and we're looking at trauma, Yes, we're looking at the incidents that occurred or the incident in their life, but more so we're looking at what identity did you adopt because of that? What beliefs have you adopted because of that? Fear-based beliefs, limiting beliefs because of this experience that hasn't been processed yet. 
And those beliefs are what dictate our habits. They're what dictate our actions. They're what dictate our thoughts. They're what dictates our entire reality. Our beliefs dictate everything about us. And so it's so much more than this like trauma. It's like, what has that developed into in terms of like an infrastructure within the subconscious mind? And so when I'm working with clients, um, we're thinking about kind of starting at the behavior and the physical sensations and then going to the beliefs, going to the identity um, and then finding the trauma from there. Um, and it's kind of a different approach, I would say, than maybe like cognitive behavioral therapy or even like IFS, um, because I use things like rapid resolution therapy and neurolinguistic programming to try to make it as painless an experience as possible um, for my clients to kind of shift that information. Because the thing with trauma is if you ask a client to talk about their trauma, their nervous system lives it again, because the nervous system doesn't understand time. It's the unconscious mind just doesn't understand it. And so when we're talking about our problems, the nervous system's like, this is happening now. And we go back into survival and that's counterproductive. So I find workaround ways to support my clients with this. But at the end of the day, if this trauma has manifested in a series of limiting beliefs and fear-based beliefs, the link is that it's impacting the nervous system. The nervous system has shut down. It's on this survival place for extended periods of time. No organism in nature can live in that in that way for an extended period of time. So the body shuts down. We see these epigenetic changes like autoimmune popping up, right? And all of a sudden it's like, I turned 22 and I have an autoimmune disease. I felt good my whole life or I have cancer or all sorts of things, unexplained symptoms. You know, I'm passing out all the time. What the hell is happening there? And I have these people coming to me with these situations, unexplained chronic pain, you know? And it's like, well, at the end of the day, if we're living in this fight or flight state for so long, our body's gonna shut down. And that's epigenetics or whatever you want to call it or whatever you believe. We can all agree it shuts down eventually because like you said and I said, those functions that are so important for thriving just aren't going to be there. So to me, it's a long path, but they're definitely, of course, I think, yes, there's a link. Yeah, yeah. I like that you said your belief systems play a huge role in this. And uh, you're using like NLP, probably a little bit of CBT too. Um, just to help change those belief systems. I'm actually reading uh, Joe Dispenza right now, Supernatural. Um, you're probably familiar with that book, right? Mm. Um, that book is fantastic. And he's actually talking about the same thing that we are discussing right now. And he said, yes, when you're in that negative belief system or that fight or flight or that constant rumination, you're triggering hormones in your body for stress, for survival, for anxiety. And like you said, originally, when you're in the, when you have that hormonal makeup or that cocktail, for lack of a better term, it doesn't leave any space for the body to heal. But he goes, once you start shifting your belief systems and your thoughts into a place of gratitude or abundance, excitement, joy, which I really think comes from changing your thought processes and your belief systems on how you view the world, he goes, that can trigger changes in your body to trigger more feel-good hormones, more mm -hmm. calm hormones. And that's where you're actually going to change the physical because you're now allowing your body to feel at a higher vibrational state. So mm -hmm. yeah, when you're talking about anxiety, um, stress, or all those negative belief systems, that's where you're going to trigger a lower vibration. But on the flip side, the gratitude, the abundance, and a different positive perspective, that's like the higher vibration. And the higher vibration is like where we both believe healing actually comes into play. Now, I want to ask you personally, Faith, do you have any personal practices that helped you shift your mind into this better state, this higher vibrational state where you actually did start to see some healing in your life? So I think the first step is realizing that what we want, so whether it's healing or whatever, for, for my 
students, it's healing, right? Um, what we want, this quote unquote destination, we think is this physical experience, whether it's like this thing we want to buy or the way we want to physically feel in our body. But actually what we want is a state of being. So we think that if I heal, I'm finally going to be happy or I'm finally going to have peace. Or some people, let's say they say, if I make a million dollars, I'm finally going to have be happy, find peace, whatever. But people actually think that it's that thing that's going to bring it. Um, well, that's not true. They just want that. We want that as human beings. We're hardwired to chase that. Because like you said, when we're in that state of being, those higher vibrational states, that is getting in alignment with abundance. And of course, we want all those amazing things. Like we want all the abundance in the world. Who doesn't? We don't want to feel crap. We want to feel great. Um, that's just how we are as humans. So for me, the first step is realizing that one, you just want a state of being. You just want to feel good, like emotionally. And two, you don't have to go anywhere to get that. So that's just a choice. That's not something on the other side. So that's yours now. You can take it. You can leave it. You can choose. Has nothing to do with your circumstances. In every single moment, there's unwanted and there's wanted, right? Quantum theory. We know this to be true. There's two different states. You can focus on what you don't want and you're going to feel like shit. Or you can focus on what you do want and you're going to feel amazing. And your circumstances haven't changed, but your attention has. And I think the first step is realizing I can make the decision. And this is where the empowerment comes in to focus on what I do like about this situation, to focus on what I do want about this given moment. And that's it. No meaning, no nothing. And all of a sudden, like you said, you're shifting into your desired state of being, which is joy, which is pleasure, which is um, abundance, which is peace, whatever, love, whatever you want, you know, whatever your soul desires. And as you shift into that state of being, all of a sudden you're, you, like you said, you're raising your frequency. But for those who are um, like, uh, whatever that means, you're also releasing chemical messengers to every cell in the body that you're safe. So back to the safety and survival. And when you do that, all of a sudden your body is like, oh, there's no lion. Okay, cool. So it's going to start going through these non-essential functions and optimizing those. So now you're healing and it's not the healing that comes first that gives you the joy and the peace and the love. It's the joy and the peace and the love that bring the healing and people have it the wrong way around. And so they think that the manifestation is going to bring it and they're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting and they're, they're upset and they're sad and they feel lack. And it's the other way. And the other way is what brings that. So you have to make the choice in this moment to be happy the way things are. And it's not easy for anyone. <laughs> like, you know, everyone in that situation is like, I, that sounds stupid. How am I supposed to be happy? Like, don't you understand? And I do understand. And I think my story is compelling because I can say, I actually do understand. And it it's not doesn't sound easy when you hear that but actually like you said those thoughts gain momentum energy begets energy right and so yes you make the effort at the beginning and then all of a sudden it becomes your reality and you don't have to put in that effort because just like anything becomes a habit so does your way of thinking and if you start to focus on what you want instead of what you don't want and there's that momentum and all of a sudden more of what you want is appearing in your reality and it becomes really easy to be happy and your body's getting the message and everything is good and all of a sudden you're in alignment. So it actually is really about understanding that if you want to heal or if you want anything, really, it comes back to you. You make the decision and then it's going to happen. But your external reality is a manifestation of your internal reality and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that universal law. 
my favorite thing that you said there was that the state of being like that was kind of the overarching principle about how to uh, materialize healing, materialize success, abundance, whatever that looks like for somebody. Uh, I've been a big advocate of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. I've actually started that a couple months ago. And uh, I say them every morning. It's just I record myself on like, I think it's like a five minute clip or whatever. And whatever I desired in reality, I would create phrases in my head to hear it. And then I would leave space in the recording and then I would repeat it. And I've been doing this for a while now. And honestly, Faith, let me tell you, the way that I act now in real life is completely different. And the stuff that I've been attracting and this, the, the opportunities that I've been attracting, because now my internal reality is more of a confident state and abundant state. It's amazing to see how that plays out. So the one thing I want to touch on here, though, is I know a lot of clients that I've worked with and a lot of people that I speak with, when they're trying to change their mind or change their belief system, they've just hung on to this identity for so long. Of I'm someone with anxiety or I'm someone with low confidence or I'm someone that just doesn't have the ability to do that. They think these negative things and they cling to it so hard. But they might not be aware of this concept of neuroplasticity or rewiring. And we touched on this earlier in the podcast episode, but we didn't actually define it. So just to give some listeners right now their power back and understand how neuroplasticity can actually rewire their brain, even though they think it can't, can you break down like how that works and what it is so they can just get introduced to this topic? Yeah. So every thought we have is a neural pathway. So like you can think about it, like literally a physical pathway. So maybe like a highway, if you envision like, you know, it, a car driving across a highway, like we have these physical pathways in our brain and our thoughts manifest in those pathways. So the first time we have a thought, we're, con we're making that connection. The more we think that thought, the stronger the connection becomes. And then anything that is a thought in relation to that thought makes a neural network. So like, let's say you think of a car and a car drives and then you um, have all these connections like the steering wheel, steering wheel and roads and car seats. I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about when I think about cars, right? There's this whole entire network that is like the category of that thought. And so when we have anxiety, for example, we have thoughts that have very strong pathways and very strong networks. So we rush to this worst case scenario thinking and some thoughts kind of prevail over others. Um, our triggers are part of those networks. So like if loud crowds or being in public is a trigger, then like even thinking about that can trigger that anxiety and those exact same thoughts that feel so loud in the head. And you're like, why is this happening? This is so annoying. It's just habituated neural pathways, right? It's it's almost like an algorithm. And so the idea with neuroplasticity is like, you need to identify those pathways and then you can weaken and break those pathways and create new ones. So instead of having this association of anxiety with a large crowd, you create a new pathway that associates a large crowd with pleasure. And there are lots of different ways that we can do this because it sounds like this monumental task, but in reality, it's not. It's almost like, arithmetic, like really basic arithmetic, just like isolating certain variables and then kind of swapping them. Um, but that is what neuroplasticity is. It's that we can change the brain. We can change those associations and those categories and even where and how we respond to pleasure and pain based off really making this targeted effort. And this is really important in the world of anxiety and chronic pain because pain also is a pathway in the brain when it becomes chronic. So what we know now in pain science about chronic pain is that most chronic pain is just a pathway. So actually, even if we've had back pain our whole life, now 
we don't understand why we still have it because we've done all the right things and we've done these therapies or surgeries and we take this medicine, but we still have pain and it's stronger and it comes on faster. Why is this the case? Well, now we know this is a pathway in the brain. So your trigger of bending down has so many times been associated with pain that now the body automatically elicits that pain response in response to that movement because it's habituated it. And the brain is a master at habituating things, right? It doesn't want to use its energy to try to think through every situation. So if we've been in that situation a lot of times, it's just going to memorize it. So that's why we have habits. We just do it. So we don't have to think about everything all the time. Like we just know you wake up, you brush your teeth. Imagine having to like go through that logical process every morning of like one brushes their teeth so that they don't get cavities and cavities are bad, yada, yada. Like no one, we, we can't be doing that or else we don't get anything done. So everything becomes this habit, this pathway, and it's constantly changing. Every time you have a thought, it's changing. Literally physically, the manifestation of that thought is physically changing the structure of your brain. And so that's the power of thinking in alignment with the life you want, like you said, because if you think a certain way, your brain will physically change and all of a sudden you'll act a certain way. And yes, you could focus on your actions and you would every day be kicking yourself because why can't I break this habit and why can't I do this thing? And you could read Atomic Habits and it's helpful and it would help you and you'd have your organizer and your checklist and your sticky notes, or you can change the way you think. Because your actions follow from your thoughts and your thoughts follow from your beliefs, right? And so if you do that on a higher level of the mind, your actions will just follow. And like you said, you'll just act different. And then you'll attract different things in your life because you just become that person and that person attracts those things. Um, so it's really important to understand that you're not just like stuck. It's not the way things are. It's not who you are. It's the way your brain is formed because of your experiences. And now with this information, your brain is already healing. It's already changing because you know this. And you can take it from there, from a platform of having this information. Wow. You're blowing my mind this morning, Faith. That's uh, <laughs> it's remarkable. It really is. Um, where I want to touch on, though, what you just said was, let's go back to that example with somebody with back pain, for example. You've been down enough times with pain, your brain's going to anticipate that pain. And it's just, you might not even have pain when you're bending down, but you're already, like you said, mm -hmm. anticipating that. This is very applicable to environments and people that uh, we surround ourselves with. So let's say somebody's in a very stressful environment, whether that be work, whether that be hanging out with friends, whatever that case may be. And they've lived that reality so many times that the second they show up to the door of that place or the second they get a text from that friend, they're already triggering these feelings of anxiety, of um, negativity, of whatever that, that negative association is. Are we able to also step out of that automation, that habit that we think with environments and with people? Is that kind of the same principle, what we're speaking about here? Yes. Um, environments is easier because you can change your environment. Even if you can't like not go to work, you can change how you interact with that environment. So for example, you can come through a different door of the building. You can sit at a different desk or you can rearrange your desk. You can do things differently to kind of challenge that habituated pathway because the pathways are very specific, like they're in relation to that specific category. So you can kind of play around with that environment's much easier. Um, if you can change your environment altogether, it's going to be even so easy. Um, people as well. I mean, I think that's something I talk about with my clients, like, you know, one of the first things we do when they work with me is we do a bit of a detox, not a physical detox, but like a boundaries detox. Like, what relationships are serving you and what aren't and like being really rigid about and I'm not suggesting someone goes out and like cuts off all their friendships um because some relationships you know you can't 
100% cut off anyways, but it's in being really rigid about your boundaries as well. So it's like, if this person always triggers this thing for a reason, because that relationship isn't healthy, um, how can you set boundaries around that and like nurture your nervous system as you're doing this work? The goal in general is to become less triggered as you start to regulate, because as we talked about earlier, you are able to hold space for discomfort and also identify when these things are happening automatically. But I think when you're at the beginning of your journey, it's important to minimize your triggers and like identify them and think, okay, how can I create boundaries and change in my physical environment, change with my relationships and boundaries around those conversations? I mean, I even have my clients um, have certain conversations that are just like off, like they don't even, they're not even allowed to have those conversations while they're in my program because it's too soon for them to be able to hold space for that and not get triggered in time. They will, but you know, those things have an impact on everything we're talking about, which ultimately does impact your physiology. Um, and so while I'm not about saying other people are controlling your ability to heal, I'm saying while you are healing with the goal of holding space for all of that, you have to be very careful and very, I think very rigid about your boundaries. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Now, right before we wrap up here today, I want to ask one final question, um, specifically on this topic of the mind. We're doing a lot of mind work, well, a lot of these belief systems, we're having different thoughts, we're really having the mind work in a different way. But I also believe sometimes the best thing you can do for your body is to actually just calm your mind, let it take a break for like, even even half an hour a day, just like, almost shut it off and let it just sleep. Because this is me personally. My mind is go, go, go 24-7. I got X, Y, Z to do. I got to make sure I go to see this person. I got to text that person. I want to do all these big goals. And I find like from the moment I wake up, my mind is already spinning. And it doesn't stop until I go to bed. And then even when I'm sleeping, if you're probably to hook up some electrodes to my brain, it's probably firing on all cylinders too. And, and I know that can be a pretty big detriment to a lot of people's healing, well-balance or well-being. And I know a lot of people struggle with this too. So how does faith, calm her mind like what do you do to just <laughs> give yourself that space internally um so there's a few things I've kind of created rituals around my life because I would say that that is something that I also personally have struggled with in the past um being an entrepreneur and a mom of two and just someone who as well is always kind of thinking like what's the next thing how can I make this the best possible um delivery of whatever I'm doing and just also being really excited about life and like all the things that are happening it's always on to the next thing right and so there's like the beautiful part about that and the other part like you said like that still means we're like on all the time and you don't want to be that way because you need to rest as well um so I have like, you know, two different things I've personally done to heal in that space. One of the things was focus on my beliefs. So you'll often hear me say with my clients and across social that the number one thing I think anyone can do to heal, um, including regulating the nervous system is to detox their beliefs. So kind of everything you're doing is on the basis of something you believe to be true. It's not conscious. You don't like consciously think I have to be thinking in order to whatever, but these beliefs are subconscious. They're under the conscious awareness, but they're driving our thoughts, all of our thoughts, all of our actions, everything we do. So one of the things I did was kind of think about why do I feel like I need to have these checklists and why is that my go-to is, are there beliefs there that are kind of saying, if you don't do this, you might forget something or you might lose an idea or you might not capitalize on this time where like, whatever you need to be thinking. So there's that. And then, then there's the other side, which by the way, that was very effective for me because there's been loads of subconscious beliefs that I'm like, oh my God, I can't even believe that I was believing that all this time. And then the other side is just like being really rigid about the boundary. Like, okay, 
I'm going to mark this being the end of my work day, you know? So as an entrepreneur, that's difficult because you are like the, you know, the stop of your, <laughs> of your program if something or your delivery or whatever. Like if something goes wrong, like people, you feel like they need me. Right. But just being like, okay, like this is my boundary. I'm closing my computer. I'm turning this phone off. I have two separate phones, like one for work and one for personal. And, um, and I'm, I do something where like, I take a certain amount of breaths and I just get my nervous system back into a really like chill place. And then I do a bit of like an energy cleansing thing. And it's like, I'm done. And then whenever my mind goes there, because it's like a training, right? Like your brain will like try to fight you and like go to the instinct. It's just being aware and coming back. Like success isn't about being perfect. It's about your ability to bounce back to what you want. So yes, we're all going to have those thoughts. Yes, we're always going to have those tendencies, but your success is in your ability to go back. Like, okay, I'm not going to judge that. I'm not going to create meaning over the fact that my mind went there. I'm just going to come back here. I'm going to be in the present, get to, you know, get into your body, focus on your senses, do a little bit of somatic work, meaning of the body, do whatever you need to do to come back into the present and just keep doing that. And like going to the gym, you keep lifting weights, like you're going to build muscle, like it's going to suck at first and then you're going to get strong again. So, you know, keep flexing the muscle of bouncing back to what you want and becoming aware when you're accidentally going to where you don't want and not attaching meaning. Everyone attaches meaning. They say, I'm just this type of person. And why can't I, who cares? It's not, you're not a type of person. You're a human and you're hardwired to do certain things. You're hardwired to focus on problems, right? You're hardwired to do a lot of these things. It's nothing about you. It's just, that's what people do. And the successful people aren't judging that. They're just saying, well, okay, gonna come back to what I want. And their bounce back rate is determining their success. And so I think that's the key in all of this. It's just, you know, don't judge it, be aware of it and judge your success and your ability to come back to what you want and keeping that front and center in your mind. Wow, Faith. Incredible power packed insights. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. I want to give you the spotlight here before we wrap up. Uh, tell listeners what you do, who you work with, and where they can connect with you if they want to work with you or just discover a little more. Yeah, so I work with people who have chronic conditions. So whether that be like physical or like mental, emotional, um, just anything that, you know, is not acute. So if you like wake up one day and like sprain your ankle, it's not really my area of expertise, but if you've had like ankle pain for months on end or years, so chronic is my, is my wheelhouse. Um, and I specifically help people with what I've been talking about today. So all these little hacks that you're learning about, you know, it's working on the higher level of the mind to help regulate the nervous system. So people can self heal and kind of uncovering these, like, Oh, that hack makes life really easy. Like that's, that's what I do. Um, my handle is that healing feeling. And, um, right now I, I've actually like literally just opened my program yesterday. So this was just a massive coincidence. Um, the health transformation accelerator, this program is specifically for women. Um, but I do that a couple of times a year and that's like a really big program where I coach live it's three months long and it's kind of a beast. I've been working on it for years. Um, and we just deep dive, but this is really higher level nervous system regulation stuff. So it's not the traditional, like dug your head in a nice bath or like, you know, hum for a certain amount of time each morning. It really is like that deep subconscious, like face your inner child, inner self identity and have that like quantum leap in a matter of months type of program. So it is really, really amazing. Um, and that's what I'm in right now. So, you know, I put out loads of free stuff as well. So people can find me at that healing feeling and kind of consume whatever feels aligned for them. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Congrats on the launch. Number one, Faith. And number Thanks. two, 
listeners, we're going to link everything she said, her TikTok, her Instagram, and her website in the show notes, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, have a look over to her profile. I've been following Faith for a while. Remarkable stuff. And after this conversation today, it just 10x'd um, the value she brings. So check her out. And Faith, thank you so much for coming on The Revive Effect. Thanks for having me.